Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's Conspiracy Campfire time. Scott has a lot of attitude as he's trying to lick the microphone, and Orrin is on the other side, but you know that this is Jonathan Warner, and I will let each of the fellas introduce themselves. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm kind of the hunk of the show, kind of the bad boy, so I look forward to bringing you my uh, exciting perspectives. And I'm Orrin. Uh, just to give all the listeners out there a little bit of perspective, we just spent 20 minutes trying to help Scott uh, connect the Bluetooth of his headphones. So, and it didn't work. That is how much of a hunk he is. We call that a pebcac problem. problem exists <laughs> between keyboard and chair. <laughs> so without further ado, we have three, count them, three stories coming at you this week. Number one, the curse of the Suez Canal. Number two, is there an Apple conspiracy. And number three, we're going to dive right into everything Roswell, New Mexico. That's going to be a fun one. So get that marshmallow, that graham cracker, and that chocolate ready. We're starting the fire. It's conspiracy campfire time, everybody. On fire with that chocolate. Okay, welcome everybody to Conspiracy Campfire once again. Uh, We will always say thank you for all the support that you've given to us. Uh, We are going through some technical difficulties of uh, trying to get everything set up for uh, live streaming, so that will come here soon. Uh, Scott has lost all credibility as a human being, just so you all know. Not that that's any different than it was any other episode, but okay. So Scott, take us right into story number one, and that is the curse of the Suez Canal. Yeah, you could, you could also call it the curse of the pharaohs because that's what they're calling it in Egypt. Uh, everyone's heard about the you know the great debacle in the Suez Canal. The uh, what was it called? The Evergreen or the Ever Cool or right. the Ever Chill? Evergreen. Yeah, the Evergreen got lodged and did a little bit of backing things up. And everyone knows when things get backed up, there's usually something to blame. And in this case, uh, people were calling this uh, the pharaoh's curse, uh, not only because of the uh, the pluggage of the Suez Canal, but because there was also a big train wreck out there and a couple other freak accidents. So, so citizens are starting to kind of go, wait, what's going on up here? Are the pharaohs coming at you? Um, good news is, though, guys, uh, a, a Egyptologist said that's probably not true because there is no curse of the pharaoh. Uh, so I wanted to, uh, let, you know, I wanted to kick it over to you clowns and see what you guys thought about the, uh, the old uh, curse of the pharaohs. I mean, you didn't really give us much in terms of what this curse is, to be honest. But let's just talk about really- well. The curse, the curse is anybody who messes with the to- with the tomb of a king, uh, it then receives a curse, bad omens, bad energy. It's like when the guys who found Tutankhamun they all died within like three right, years. Right, of- right, right. Yeah. So that, so that. Extent- so people are claiming that that thing got stuck because we are. Yeah, we are it couldn't have been the fact that the canal is right. like as narrow right. as that ship. Stop. Let them talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's basically it. There, like I said, there have been some horrific accidents going on. So people are claiming that this is, you know, this is what we deserve for opening the uh, tombs of our of our former fallen kings. And how did it? So I want to know if you guys think it's possible that this is a curse. But how did it jump from Egypt to the Suez Canal? 
Somebody want to get my man, my man a nap, my, a map. <laughs> he needs a nap and a map. Suez Canal is like right on the. It goes between Egypt and uh, basically like is it Israel right there or Jordan? <laughs> anyway, it's a it's a major shipping lane between. Were, hey, where, like, where'd you get? I thought the, uh, I thought they were a little further away. Hey, yeah, where'd you they're get about this far away, about a canal's worth away. <laughs> hey, where'd you get your education, Oklahoma? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I for some reason I thought it was like, you know, a typical American over here. I guess uh, I thought it was more like southwest of Egypt, but no, it, it, it goes right. Oh, you're ignorant. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, fair, you're... fair, fair enough. Okay, that's that's fair. But um, still, are you saying? Are, are, is there uh, an assumption here that somebody opened up the? The, the tomb and got cursed and then yes, proceeded to go through the Suez Canal. Uh, no, it, 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 there's no recent uh, act that has triggered this. This is just believed that, you know, in the last century and a half, we have, you know, plummaged and, you know, stolen a lot of relics from those great pyramids and from the great pharaohs. And so right, and a lot of people just, are just kind of going, this is the return. Yeah, I don't buy it. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I believe that, you know, when they're actually, I mean, just related to the canal. No, I mean, after seeing what I've seen in the news and what the canal is designed like, it's basically seriously just like it's like a creek and you're putting a battleship through it. <laughs> it, it it's I'm surprised. I don't know. I, I haven't heard. This is the first time I've ever heard of anything getting stuck in it. I'm not that in tune with the news in the Suez Canal. But at the same time. Like when they showed uh, the diagrams on the news of what's going on with it, it's got like there's enough room for a ship to basically barely pass if everything goes perfectly. So you're saying it's not exactly like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. No, it's not. (laughs) You went there, too, huh? I was trying to figure out how to bring that up. I'm really I'm really confused as to how it how it like is directing its curse. And why to the Suez Canal, though? Like a just, global catastrophe that embarrasses the operators of the Suez Canal. But, they, but why? Why the Suez Canal? Why? Why take it's it out a major? Way? It's a major shipping. Uh, yeah, uh, it's like lane, a lane. Yeah, it's huge as far as that Instead goes. Instead of having so, to go down through the south of the Cape of Hope of, of Africa and around the entire continent, you can. No, cut I get the, what I get. What the canal is, I, I totally understand that. I'm just, I'm just. My oh well, I'm just thinking. Happened. It's it's a relation to like the West, and you know, like we the West went in there and looked into these tombs, and they took all these yeah. artifacts and everything, and they put them on display for their prizes and their glory. And this canal is a lot of money comes from basically all of it comes from the West through here. So this is the theory, I guess, is, is that the pharaohs are making us pay the price financially. Yeah. Well, wait, what aren't you grasping here? It's, it's a it's a it, it's just another one of those big curses. It's a curse. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I'm going to go ahead and jump straight over to our zero to ten. Uh, we'll just we'll call it uh, anchors. Because it was stuck, uh, so what zero about a barge? Eight, eight, whatever. It, this is still going to get a zero from me either way. So, <laughs> so Oren, what are you giving this one as? Um, 
Yeah, no, yeah, I think we all know what I'm giving it. John's giving it a zero. I'm giving it a zero. I mean, this thing, like, seriously, y'all got to look at this canal from my satellite view. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, a it's, toothpick would have a problem going down it. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. This, this has nothing to do with pharaohs and a curse of the pharaoh and all that crap. So, Scott, what is the likelihood of this actually being the curse of a pharaoh? You know, just to spite you guys, I'm going 10 out of 10 that the Pharaoh's wrath has been unleashed and it is dominating and taking over Egypt, starting with the Suez Canal. That was the first of the blockage. You know what comes after the blockage, John? The release. relief. An aggressive release. <laughs> Stay tuned. Watery and smelly. Uh, okay, we're stopping there. I'm definitely giving this a zero. There's nothing about this that I'm on board with, so... Let's uh, let's put a uh, a cap size on that story. Turn that one over. We are going to story number two, and this one's actually going to be a little bit more fun. This is not one of our serious conspiracies, but this is one that I've read about before, and I wanted to bring it back up to you guys just to see if this is something that you you've experienced or not. So. Have you ever been sitting down at your desk, standing, walking around, doing whatever, and your phone vibrates and then you take it out? And there's nothing on your phone. There's no message. There's no uh, notification. Nothing. No. This has never happened to you. It has. Not. Okay. Let me ask. Okay. Uh, yes and no. Also, I have a reason why. Because it's happened to me when it's plugged in. It was just the waitress telling us our table's ready at BJ's. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Look, I'm just going <laughs> to... Steer away from Orin for a second. Scott, have you actually had this before? Where it's uh, like, yeah. yeah, you feel like a shake in your pocket. You're like, oh, yeah, shit, like a heck? like a like a traditional vibration that you would have from like a text message or whatever. Okay, then no. Okay, well, then do you ever actually have your phone in your pocket? You probably oh, shouldn't. I mean, Orin's probably the smartest guy here. He <laughs> that's a different conspiracy. <laughs> Okay. No, let me I get don't. to it. I don't. it. I don't. I don't. I don't. Let me. Okay. I, I didn't think that you did. Okay. So Scott, right. How many do, would you say this happens on a daily basis, a weekly basis? Well, I mean, what kind of frequency do you have it? You know, if you're, if you're following the moon cycle calendar, then I want to say every, every waxing gibbous, which is about approximately 28 days. So like once a month, how high are you right now? <laughs> high on life, bro. All my chakras, <laughs> All my chakras are violent, firing at full blast. And I'll pronounce just- it first, and then we'll talk about your chakras. <laughs> so this, this actually is something that happens to me probably several times a week. Okay, now, the actual conspiracy around it is Apple's doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the reason why is because they want you to use your phone more. And... In order to do that, they, they, they send through these false vibrations or these false notification signals that cause you to pick up your phone and to check it. And then, oh, that nothing that I, I must have just been imagining something, put it back away or whatever. So there's a lot of reasons that I can think of as to why Apple would want you to be on your phone more. Right. It's it, it goes actually pretty deep. Yes, Orm. Have you looked at people outside? They're always on their phone. They don't need to be on their phone anymore. What does what does a a half second vibration and them looking at their phone going, "Oh, it's nothing." Well, how does that go? Hey man, it, it, if you're if you're like addicted to social media, the they are. And they're never they're never putting then, their oh, phones down. 
That's not like, true. Oh, I don't see an alert. Well, maybe I'll just open all of my apps to see if somebody reached out to me. Oh, by the way, wow, look at that ad for Kool Aid. Okay, you know, so here's that's an, that you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Scott, because there is actually it, it, a yeah, it's a consequence of our cognition. Okay, so I, I believe it was actually some people over at your. It was either Harvard or Stanford, <laughs> but there was actually a Ooh, Stanford, yay, Harvard. A study that was done that talked about how the notifications that you get, they were particularly talking about social media, but I think this can actually be extrapolated across any kind of notification on the phone where someone's trying to contact you that it actually uh, sends dopamine signals into your brain, which is they absolutely right. So, so if that's happening, then they're going to go and and they go to pick up their phone, they're, they're not getting it when they pick up the phone. So they're going to get it from somewhere or they're going to try to look for it for somewhere. Therefore being on the phone, more apps, you know, there could be an aspect of it where you're wearing out your phone more, you know, you're so connected to your phone. Then you got to make sure that you have the up-to-date one because blah, 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 blah. There's a whole thing into it, but this actually happens to me quite a bit. You know, I don't, I don't go through it. I don't, you know, I'm not really active on social media, but you know, I'll, I'll check my phone. I'll put it right back down, but it happens pretty frequently. So weird that Oren doesn't ever feel it because his phone's never in his pocket, but you have had this experience. Have you, have you, have you actually consciously recognized that that's happened? Like, Oh, I, my phone went off, but I didn't actually get anything. Yeah. I think this, this, you know, I'm, I'm going to actually pivot away from the conspiracy part of it. I actually think this is part of our cognitive functioning. Um, we have a, the ability of, of human beings to be able to focus our consciousness on singular things. If you're working on a task, you can accomplish it because you're focusing on adding math or whatever you're doing. When your brain is at rest or you're doing something a little bit easier, uh, your 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 consciousness kind of expands. And so you're, you're kind of dull. You're not really focusing on anything. And, you know, when there are parts of your brain that are not moving, um, you know, our mind tries to fill thing. Our mind tries to fill the space uh, with with something. And if it's a so, you're saying that we think something that helpful for manifest it more or less. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we think it does that. We're like, oh, we thought we heard our phone vibrate. Correct, because our minds aren't so super focused or singular focused. Uh, our mind has the ability to kind of trick ourselves by, you know, especially if somebody has some sort of a social media addiction, which you know, so many of us, a lot of us do. Right. But I'm, I'd be curious to, <laughs> I'd be curious to see the amount of people that experience this in relation to the amount of times they've dropped their phone. Okay. So I'm going to kind of take it back just a little bit. I, I, I'm not entirely on board with what you're saying, Scott. I, I understand it from a psychological aspect, but these, this aspect of the physical vibration, and I can see where you're making the jump from like your brain is creating things that it wants to basically have happen. Right. But coming to, yeah, more or less like, Ooh, I think my back hurts. What do you think I'm thinking about the rest of the day? Right. No, no. And and there's, there's, there's a level of cognitive bias as well. You know, your brain's looking for something that it wants. And if you're really stuck on social media and getting notifications, then it's going to, you know, kind of create that. But I'm not that person. I don't care about social media. I don't have any issue with that at all. Uh, You know, I'll get texts and stuff like that, but that's about the extent of it. So I think that 
I think that there's something to this for sure. I do think that there are false vibrations that are occurring that are sent from Apple specifically as a way to engage with your phone more. I, I absolutely do believe that. So um, I don't know, Orrin, anything else on your side? No. Man, a few words. Okay, so let's one, let's go. <laughs> Man of one word. Okay, so let's go over to our scale of one to ten, and one to ten uh, bars. I don't. Vibrations, man. Vibrations, fine. Zero to ten vibrations. What is the likelihood that Apple is actually sending through false vibrations in order for you to engage with your phone more? Specifically in that question. Oren, what you thinking? I'm thinking zero. I'm thinking it's exactly what's zero. Scott. Yeah, I'm thinking it's zero. I think it's, dude, the amount zero. of zero. Yeah, that's really bro. <laughs> zero You're an idiot. the reason why the reason why i think that is because it's it's kind of what scott was saying is like if it's in and first of all does it ever happen to you outside of your pocket i'm just i'm curious like, how right? would i feel it you could be on the table and you would hear it no. what about that weird okay that's what i'm phone. saying so that goes back to what scott was saying is it in your pocket the whole time it's on vibrate hear, a lot of the I, time i don't hear it when there's a text you don't hear what i don't hear my phone going off when there's a text on a table Really? You don't no. hear your phone vibrate on the table? Okay. No. Well, anyway, regardless of that, Look. I think it goes back to what Scott was saying is that we, we have it in our pocket. We're conditioned to feel it vibrate. Our brain is going to think it vibrates at certain times. Anticipation. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't think there, I think this does not hold any water. Zero. I am shocked. Right now. And, I, and, I, and I actually. <laughs> I'm really struggling with the fact that you just gave that a zero. Scott, what you got? <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it like a four or a five. I definitely believe that it has the potential. And I also believe that our brains play tricks on us. Uh, so I'm going to give it five vibrations that, that this is a thing. Uh, but I want to talk about a different kind of vibration because a while back I saw an Ayurvedic doctor um, and, you know, it's an ancient Indian practice. And she warned me against having things like, like Apple watches and iPhones on you at all times, because it does alter our vibrational states are. Yeah. So I, I that's when I sold my um, Apple watch. So, I got a thousand calories. Five bars. Okay, I'm going to give this one a seven. Um, and there's probably a big aspect of that from the fact that I am in marketing. And even from my professional side, there's a lot of reasons why that makes sense to me. So I'm going to go with seven. And I think it's extremely ignorant if anybody thinks that it's impossible to happen. Sorry, Orrin. Not sorry. Oh, so, care. okay, we're going to put that one to rest. And Scott, I know you're getting super amped up. You just got, you just stood up and got all amped up for this one. So let's get into <sighs> story number three and Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much like the old grandfather of conspiracy theories for a lot of people across the United States and abroad. Uh Everyone knows about the Roswell incident. If you don't, uh, I encourage you to, you know, just Google it because it probably has like 17,000 different hits. Give, a, give us a, a 10 second elevator pitch on what it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, okay, here's what happens. In the 19, late 1940s, early 50s, a, a, 
a UFO crashed. They reported it as a craft crash in the newspaper. The next day, you know, the famous, oh, no, it was just a weather balloon. And then ever since then, we've had years and years of conspiracies and not knowing what was actually returned to a military base, whether it was a weather balloon, was some sort of a craft. So I figured, you know what, let's bring this one to the table. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on what really went down at Roswell, New Mexico. I think we already know what I think it is. Okay, so I have a question for you, Scott. I have a question for you. Is is this the craft that they supposedly brought to Area 51? Yes, this is pretty much the seed that planted Area 51 and all these other secret installation bases. It pretty much spawned from this big event, I believe is 47, maybe it was 52. 47. Fact check me there. 47. Um, 47. I mean... Coming from from my side, uh, there's nothing for me to really believe or think that it's anything but a cover-up and that something paranormal, extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial, unidentified, something happened there. There was too much back and forth. There was too much of this like, oh, it was this. Oh, it wasn't this. Oh, let's come up with some really weak excuse of a weather balloon. Yeah. And there were a lot of people who had experiences and they shared their, their testimony of what happened and stuff. And it, all of it is it, 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 it gels together. Right where the story that the government's, you know, basically trying to scream from the mouth or from the rooftop, that doesn't gel with what is in reality. So, I mean, this one to me is like, there's, there's no evidence to support that it is fake as much as it is that it's real from my perspective. And an interesting tidbit is I picked this up recently from some article, but it, it, it was from one of these insiders and they explained the reason that there were so many crashes in the American Southwest is because similar to like the Bermuda Triangle, something about the energies in that area kind of mess with the craft's functions, which is why you see a higher rate of crashes in the American Southwest. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, Roswell, New Mexico, Southern Nevada, you know, some of like the Eastern California, those are big hotspots for UFO, you know, sightings and, and then. And it falls right in line with what we've heard and what we know about, you know, the, the timing, the craft, the, you know, the scientists that were there to kind of check it all out. Like, yeah, I mean, it's Can not really imagine? much of a conspiracy to me. It's just kind of like, yeah, that's what happened. And then the government did a really poor job of trying to cover. for Yeah, it, it was really like uh, I'm on board with that. It's, it's definitely a half ass attempt to cover this up. I mean, there's <laughs> just <laughs> I mean, they said that uh, originally it was like they said, a weather balloon. But then they said it was a uh, test balloon, uh, top secret test balloon to like um, track nuclear weapons from Soviets and that there were there were dummies in this balloon, which why would you need to put dummies in this balloon. No, the thing that you're missing out on, Orin, is that they weren't talking about like the fake person dummy, just really stupid people. Oh, okay. So they were just making fun of us, I guess. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think dummy, we're pretty much dummy. all on the same page that that was definitely an alien craft. Well, I don't know if I, I don't know if we're saying oh. it's a, it's definitely an alien craft. Or interdimensional. Yeah. What, what, what else could it be? I mean, something unidentified, something that, you know, maybe at the time the the government had a plane that they were testing that was Mm. well beyond that they didn't, you know, it's something that was unidentified. It was something that was not, uh, you know, normal or accepted, whatever it is, something that was 
that was out of the norm. No, indeed. I mean, I believe, I believe it was uh, alien craft. However, if it wasn't, um, I would think it would be something along the lines of within the alien technology where they were working with aliens, like we've been talking about, they have been for years, decades, whatever. Um, and it was like a first attempt at like an autonomous vehicle where they were putting, you know, so hmm. they could they could ship sol- soldiers there without any kind of pilot and just, you know, drop them off in the desert or whatever. You, you know, but, what's interesting is if you really look into these UFOs, a lot of times you'll see you have this reoccurring theme of like how the ship was actually like bio-organic. So like you could move it with your actual consciousness. So to your point, what if it was a collaboration and, you know, you know, Pete from finance was filling in and he accidentally (laughs) crashed the damn thing because he didn't know how to control his mind. He, he, sneezed, he sneezed while he was doing it. <laughs> you know, I, I, <laughs> no, it was a billion knowing, dollars. Knowing that like, you know, we've, we, and I'm sure Scott, I don't know, Orrin, if you have, you've, you've heard the story of like, you know, the scientists, the engineers that were in area 51 specifically, there's mm-hmm. this one guy who his entire job was to reverse engineer alien crafts right, and right. on his deathbed. That's definitely happening. He talked about it and then he showed a picture of an alien that said they were very, they were like long fingered, very friendly entities. So it, it falls in line with this. Like if we were going to be, you know, kind of coordinating together with them to, to advance our technology or whatnot, it, it, I mean, whether that's happened there or afterwards, whatever it is, do I think that there's alien stuff going on? Yes. Do I think the specific event was, I don't know if there's enough evidence there to say that this was alien, but it was definitely something that was abnormal. Absolutely. So I think the question is going to come down to this one and, and I'm going to word it very, very differently as, you know, not, not in terms of like, was this a unidentified object, but I'm going to say on, you know, a scale of, uh, zero to 10 autopilots. I don't know what we're going to do for this one, but uh, zero to 10 autopilots that you can use your brain with. <laughs> what is the likelihood that this craft was alien, was specifically alien that went down in Roswell? Scott? 10, 10, yeah. 10, 10, 10. That's an alien craft. When, and when I say alien, I mean, I include like from outer space and interdimensional. I think that's a fair statement. Anytime that we're talking about aliens from this point. Yeah, I think so too. It's anything not of this earth. And that could, that means, uh, you know, interdimensional extraterrestrial, whatever it is. Oren, what do you think the likelihood of that craft being an alien craft? I'll go with like a 6.37. I love it. I love it how he like gave the score, then he like looked down, like he didn't want to get exactly. I'm ashamed to believe. No, I just I don't. I mean, it's uh, something just doesn't. It doesn't add up. It just you know, it's like you said, it was a half-ass attempt at a cover-up. Yep. And I think too many people. There were there were a bunch of witnesses. Yeah. Oh yeah, I drive and check it out. What was that? I think that uh, from my side, I'm going to go with a five. And the reason I go with a five is because there's not enough evidence one way or the other to say that it is specifically alien. I do believe it is some kind of abnormal, you know, unidentified craft. Yes, but 
So that's why I'm sticking with the five. I can't say either way what exactly it stemmed right. from. Um, yeah. I could see it being alien. I could see it also being something that, you know, was a test from our military. I I, I don't, there's not Next. enough there. I just know it's something that was not in the norm during the 19, late 1940s, 50s, whenever that was. So Yeah, but there's a serious uptick in technology shortly after that. There sure is. And we also absorbed a lot of uh, <clears throat> German scientists. Look at a project paperclip. Uh, we will get to that AKA another Hydra. time. Actually, that's actually one that I have on my list, by the way. The, uh, oh, okay. We're just going to call it the um, – I don't. What, you'll know exactly what it's called, but the Nazi bell. What's that? Oh, the Glock. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So we'll get into that one at some, at some Ooh, other time. That's next week. That next week. But there's, there's, but the thing is, is like, even from the fifties, the sixties, you know, from, from that whole time, there's a lot of really, really fascinating technology that our government has created, mm-hmm. whether it stemmed specifically from this or, you know, there's like the heart attack gun that they, that they came out with and that they actually said that they had, like that they were able to like give people heart attacks from a distance, those kind of things. So there's a lot to it. Um, obviously it coincides with this time period. I just can't say for, for anything higher than a five that it is for a fact alien. So that's what we got. All right. So that's our three stories. We have gone through the curse of the Suez canal, the Apple conspiracy, and we just talked about Roswell. So I do want to put it out there for our social media has anybody out there, maybe we'll just put a poll on, on our Instagram for this one, or maybe even on our Twitter, but have you ever felt the Apple vibration on your phone when it's been in your pocket? I, I genuinely want to know if, if a lot of people out there have felt that or not, and if it's a real thing on that side. So we'll put that out there, but uh, you know, thank you just for supporting us, for listening, for following us on social, for all the growth that we've had. We really appreciate it. And you know, for Scott Fresh Hour... Oren Gould. My name is Jonathan Warner. And we are going to call it a night on that one. So we had the campfire. Hopefully you had the marshmallow, the graham cracker, and the chocolate. You enjoyed some s'mores. And you have a fantastic week, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Talk to you next week. First, you take the graham. You stick the chocolate on the gram. Then you roast the mallow. No, it's my sleeping bag. That's mine. When the mallow's flaming, it is yours. It's the yellow stain. You stick it on the chocolate. You set the place then on fire, Ham. You cover it with the other end. Yeah, make me one of those. Yeah, me too. Then you scuff. <laughs> <laughs>